business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Agency Bud podcast. On the show, we talk to CEOs and founders, agency owners and business people about the challenges they've overcome and the steps they've taken to get to where they are. You can follow along at podcast.agencybud.com. On the show, we're going to be talking to somebody amazing. We're going to introduce that person in just a second. Don't forget to check out agencybud.com. Add in our software to your business and increase your recurring revenue with agencybud.com. Let's go and meet today's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. We are talking to someone who this morning is a rock star. The person we're about to interview is described, or in fact, has run a program called The Ideal Rebel. He's run a full service digital marketing agency and is now the president and CEO of the Hey Brian media company up in Vancouver. He's a keynote speaker and he's a worldwide knowledge source on growth, on business, on marketing. It's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Lance Montgomery. Lance, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you with us, man. Now, you've transitioned through a few different uh, areas of business, but you've always been focused on that entrepreneur kind of model. How did you get started in that space? Yeah, my career path is not your average career path. Um, I kind of bounced around. I was one of those kids at an early age who didn't really know what they wanted to do. And uh, it took me a while to figure it out. And, you know, I think in going through my my business career, I always knew I wanted to work for myself. Um, and I think going through the steps I did really taught me how to be an entrepreneur and what it took to be an entrepreneur. And uh, that's what got me to where I am today. Nice. Fantastic. So what was the first kind of um, realization that you had where you said, I can do this for myself. This is, this is what my calling really is. I used to sit in boardrooms and meetings and stare at these people and CEOs and senior level executives and, you know, look at them and always question myself, why can't I do that? Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of punching a clock. I don't like nine to five. I don't like somebody barking down my back and, you know, on me about performance, performance, performance. Um, you know, I want to build an environment that I feel is, is enjoyable to work in and do something that I enjoy doing. So that was always the thing for me is how do I get to that point? Nice. Now, I know that you focus, your, your commentary says that you focus on building award-winning teams with the businesses that you set up and focus. So from that background where you're sitting in the boardrooms looking at the CEOs who are performance, 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 how has that changed your position as the CEO or the, the founder of these companies? What kind of a boss are you with the teams that you're growing? Well, it's, I think it's one thing to empower your team to do what they need to do um, and bring in the right people onto the team. Mm. Um, I think people need to believe in a vision. They need to believe in their leader. They need to have a voice. They need to know that you know they can come forward with any suggestions, ideas, or anything that they may have and have a forum to relay that. Um, you know, I was always the kind of person who saw opportunity and saw things that maybe should change or pivot, but you never really have that channel where you can bring that forward and your voice is really never heard. Mm. Um, I think that the other big piece is ensuring that your team understands you. They can always talk to you. Um, you know, there's no hidden agenda. There's no smoke and mirrors. Um, it's very clear on the path where we're going, what we're doing and how their role impacts the overall business strategy. And as long as everybody's on the same page and there's no surprises, um, and if you empower people to use their skill and do the job, I I think they'll do it naturally and they'll want to excel and, you know, they're not going to just pop into work and, you know, fill out spreadsheets and do a nine to five and shut it off and go home and have a beer. And that's the end of it. Um, You know, with the teams I have now, 
people are working all the time and it's because they like it. So yeah, wow. I think that's the difference. How do you go about selecting that team? How do you go about assembling that team? Do you have a formal recruitment process or are you more of a, in a headhunting kind of role looking for talent wherever you go? Well, how I did my, my most recent uh, uh, business was more around people that I've worked with in the past, people cool. that I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I would tap them on the shoulder and say, listen, this is what I'm looking at doing. Would you be interested in joining me on this journey? And um, it really goes to show that those people believed in me. Um, and that goes a long way. Um, you know, we do have an HR department that goes through the typical HR, but it's really more around fit. Uh, personality-wise, culture-wise, um, as much as it is around technical skill set um, or, you know, whatever their their sector is, the skill set. We can always train people, um, but I think getting the right people in at the right time in the right roles makes a big difference. Fantastic. Now, you mentioned before, uh, Lance, if I can just wind back uh, 60 seconds or so, you mentioned when you were talking about uh, developing the team and, and the type of leader that you are, about sharing the vision that you have. I've spoken to other people uh, about that topic Topic specifically when they're, when they're talking about building the team. How do you, you personally, how do you align your vision with what you're trying to achieve as a company with, say, the team's vision and what they're trying to achieve for their daily life? How does that all come together in a, in a, in a joint environment? Well, you know, I think a lot of the bigger discussions happen at the executive table um, where we really decide on six-month, 12-month, two-year, five-year plan. Um, but what I always do is whether it's biweekly or monthly is bring the whole team together and relay that information. And then in one-on-ones with the senior leaders of each department, I let them know what their role has in the part of the bigger vision. Um, you know, I want them to help drive that vision. Um, it's not me sitting up top in the captain's wheelhouse, steering the ship and everybody's down there working. It's, we're all one united team. Um, and I think if everybody believes and understands in that, you get the most out of them and empowering your leaders to have a voice, have a say, like I said before, um, will allow them to send that same message to their team. Um, and it just seems to work that everybody is aligned and I'm not going to say it's perfect all the time. There's always sure. bad apples and, and, you know, there's always churn, but, um, you know, I'd say a good percentage of the time we get the right people and they stay with us for a while. Fantastic. So, uh, Lance, as I reached out to you, um, I mentioned before we clicked on the record button that uh, we're focusing on helping people who are in that entrepreneurial space, that agency space with their growth and with the strategies and, and bringing all that together. Now, I know that you've come from a, a marketing agency, a full service marketing agency environment, and then you kind of bounced across to the Hey Brian media, which is exploding with, uh, you know, matching trades and uh, people who need work done in their home and kind of connecting that as a service, which is incredible. What was the reason for you to, to make that shift between the two, two different areas? Well, one is I wanted to work for myself. Like I said, yeah. um, I've always had that passion. I've always had the drive. I've, I'd always have some type of side hustle going on. Um, this business actually evolved from a personal problem. Um, I I came home, I came home one day, my dishwasher was broken, we needed to get it fixed. I went through the regular channels everyone else does. And I got very frustrated and annoyed and, you know, light bulb in my head of how can I fix this? Um, thought to thought to myself, there must be something like an Uber for home maintenance looked around. Yes. There's some players out there mainly in the U S but here in Canada, there wasn't much. Um, saw an opportunity in a market and jumped on it. And I went to some people that I knew in the industry and tapped them on the shoulder and said, Hey, this is what I'm looking at doing. I can't pay you. Um, would you come on this journey until we can get it off the ground? 
we did that and, and brought it to where it is today. But I think it was always that little burning fire in me of, you know, when is that opportunity going to come? And yeah. you, you got one or two choices. You can say, you know what, I can continue working for the man and punch nine to five and not really enjoy, but enjoy what I'm doing. Um, or you can go all in and take a risk and who knows it could flop on its face or it could be extremely successful, but at least I tried. At least you had an at bat. So can I ask then, um, and, and connecting these two environments together, I think is a fascinating thing for, for, for our listeners. Uh, what, what experience and knowledge that you picked up in that kind of marketing environment has helped you, uh, grow the Hey Brian, uh, system so quickly? Well, I understand what's needed to build a business. Mm. Um, the reason agencies are in place is because um, most businesses either don't have the capital to hire those people internally, they don't have the creative knowledge, they don't have the understanding of UX and UI and development and mobile and digital. And and I've gained that experience and I know the roles that need to fit to have an all-encompassing I don't want to say agency, but a good running business where we don't have to outsource it. Of course, there's there's roles that we do outsource and things that we do need. But, you know, bringing a team together that, you know, if we need a social media campaign put together, I can basically write a quick brief to my team. And I've got all the people who can design, put copy in place, get some imagery together and get it out. Nice. Um, we know the, the steps that need to go behind that. Um, and we have the people in place that can do that. So it saves us a lot of time and effort and not relying on somebody else to come up with our vision. Um, you know, the last agency I was with, we were the sole agency for TELUS across Canada. Um, you know, we had a team of people who just repetitively put out content for TELUS and, you know, people would get frustrated because that's all they did. Whereas yeah. the people in our office, they're doing lots of other things and this is just part of their job. So what's the breakup now of the team? That's like how, how you know, the, the combination of marketing, sales, admin, you know, all of the different roles that are within the, the Hey Brian group. What's, what's the breakup? Well, we, we've gone through some layoffs during this whole pandemic, of, sure. of course. But um, to give you a sense of how the organization is structured, you know, we have um, our, our head of, of marketing. Uh, who handles everything from social to, you know, content to everything that's going out. Um, we have our um, director of design, um, who is in charge of basically the vision, the brand, um, the look, the feel, the voice, the tone. Uh, we have UX, UI, uh, copywriters, uh, designers who kind of all fall under the director of design. And then we have a tech team. Every, all of our tech is done in-house. So we have a CTO, we have Android developers, iOS developers, we have QA, we have data scientists, um, and then to customer service, um, you know, I think is probably one of the most important parts of the business is being able to engage with your customers. Um, and then obviously the C-suite uh, about that. So it's a pretty diverse group, um, but we can do a lot of things with a very small team. That's awesome. And so how many is that team in total? Um, Pre-COVID, uh, we were at about 23. Okay. So yeah. can I ask you, suppose, I guess it, it would be remiss of me not to, to talk about COVID in the, in the current situation. Hopefully this, this episode is timeless and we're still listening to it in 10 years. But right now in the world, as we know, there's, there's craziness with this pandemic and, and it's affected every, every economy. Can I ask you, Lance, as a business leader, as a CEO, founder, somebody that's spoken on stages across the world about business and about growth, if we could have a time machine go back six months to before the, the world kind of imploded with this COVID uh, thing that's going on. What would you do differently to prepare? I, I think what COVID has taught us actually has been almost, and I don't want to use this term because it's not the right term to use, but a bit of a blessing in disguise mm. for a lot of businesses. I think this has really opened our eyes to what we can do 
um, running lean, what we can do working remotely, collaboratively, mm. using technology to be more efficient. Um, I think it's really opened up a lot of businesses' eyes on how we can do things and not be tied to having everybody hop in their car and commute two and a half yeah. hours every day to go into yeah. an office. Um, you know, our team is fully remote now. Um, I used to have our head of marketing would drive an hour and a half to the office every single day and an hour and a half home. And that's three hours in his car where now he's at home and he he's can working. work at any point. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, it's the overhead costs that we were paying in rent and, you know, everybody wants a lavish office space and all these perks. And, you know, I, I, I think it's really put everybody into a bit of a, a scenario where, you know, if I like what I'm doing it's almost better to be working from home because I can also focus on the important things in life. But um, if, if to go back to your question about what would I do differently if this didn't happen? Um, you know, I, I think we, we would continue to grow and have the opportunity to advance. But the other thing that has uh, COVID has put on our business is it's unfortunate, but it's put people into their homes for three and a half months. Mm. And in our business, our business is around home maintenance yeah. and focusing on getting things done around the house. And from a consumer standpoint, people have been sitting in their house looking around saying, holy shit, I need to fix that. I need to get this done. Seeing the cracks this. that they this. hadn't seen before. Yeah. Right. So now we're in a good situation as we yeah. come out of this to be sort of that support mechanism. Okay. You've been stuck at home and more people are working from home. We're here to help. Yeah, absolutely. Lance, I, I know that I've, I've got limited time with you today, so I'm sorry for being kind of rapid fire question no and problem. answer, but again, I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. Um, can I ask you, one of the things that you mentioned was um, that your customer service department, as we were describing the team, you said customer service is one of the most important facets of what you're doing. As you've built the Hey Brian Media Group up to what it is right now, did you specifically uh, drive a process for customer service into that team? Did you have a set way of dealing with customers and, and uh, I guess, expectations in that area? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in any gig economy or marketplace business, there's there's two parties. It's kind of like having two kids. You can't treat one better than the other. Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have people doing the work and we have customers who are wanting the work done. Um, in any business, you always have to have that outlet for people to reach out if they need to, if things go wrong. Um, and in going through my research, starting this business, I tried out some competitors and ran into tons of problems. I put in my credit card information and then got charged and I had no idea why I got charged and couldn't get a hold of anyone. And, you know, consumers now want an outlet. Yeah. Um, if they don't have an outlet, guess what they do? They'll tweet. Yeah. Um, you the know, until you respond. Yeah. yeah. So um, we wanted to ensure that we had a mechanism and a channel for if something's going on and something needs addressed, they have somewhere to go and there will be someone there to help them. Um, and I learned that from companies like Amazon, for example, you have a problem with Amazon, you go on there, you dial a phone number and it calls you right back within a minute and you're on the phone with somebody. Yeah. Um, that's what I find a, the differentiator between a good quality business that actually cares about the end result as opposed mm. to somebody who's just looking for a growth story. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, so as we, as we look at that, that uh, customer service environment and, and talking about the outlet for making sure that your customers on two sides, I like that analogy where you, in, in your gig economy where you have the, the customers who are the, the tradespeople and the customers who are the, the homeowners. So in that um, environment where you have your customer service team looking after those, those two kids fighting over the, the Lego, if you, if you like, how do you, how do you make sure that um, it's fair on both sides? Like, have you got an overarching strategy for the company to make sure that, that you, you're keeping those kids on, on the growth path? 
Yeah, well, when when we call them experts who are our contractors who do mm -hmm. the work, um, when they sign up to our platform, they agree to a terms of service. And it's very clearly outlined our expectations of them. Um, when they get onboarded, our customer service team actually phones them and walks them through what we nice. expect as a business. Um, and because our whole business model is based on ratings and reviews of, from our actual homeowners, it's in their best interest to do good quality work and stick to the terms of service because if they don't, we have the right to remove them off the platform. So, nice. you know, it's more about coaching them on you do good work. You're going to get a lot more of it. Um, and we'll take care of you. If we get people who don't show up to jobs and things like that, they're not going to be on the platform very long. So cool. we, we kind of have that riot act. If, if you want to say that, you know, when you sign up, this is our expectation of you. Um, you know, and then from the homeowner side, the the biggest upside to our business is so for example my dishwasher is broken if i phone a dishwasher repair company out of the phone book and that guy comes out here and tries to fix my dishwasher and springs a leak and leaves or if i get a guy off craigslist what's my fail safe there yeah can i phone custom can i phone a customer service on abc plumbing and say i want somebody out here we have that yeah, um, nice. and we'll cover the cost and send somebody else out are we going to see hey brian expanding outside of the the Canada area or we, have you got uh, international plans? There? Yeah, it's well, you know, we haven't publicly announced anything. Um, but if you look at the business as a whole, it's a global opportunity. Um, yeah. You know, people's biggest asset is their home and research is proving that people are staying in their homes longer. Um, the age of construction is continuing to grow. Um, the whole maintenance sector is not going anywhere. No, it's um, and, and when you talk, when you talk about a recession or a pandemic or whatever it may be, our business is really well suited for that because when people switch discretionary income from travel or, um, you know, going out to restaurants or movies or things like that, they're going to put it back into their home right now. So, um, you know, as far as expansion, we can go anywhere. Um, there's nothing stopping us. Um, we just want to be very good at what we do here before we decide on where we go next. Nice. Fantastic. So Lance, again, I, I come back to the fact that we're doing this as an express version. So I'm going to ask you a 60-second I've got about challenge. 10 more minutes. I've yeah, no, cool. Awesome. Minutes, so. we, we'll be able to wrap up. Let me do a 60-second cool. challenge with you if we can. Um, one of the questions that I've asked uh, people in the past goes like this. You catch up with someone uh, that you haven't seen for years. They've had this kind of nine to five for all of their lives. They're, I don't know, mid thirties, mid forties, whatever it might be. And they've decided to go out on their own and to do that. They want to start their own agency. They've got their, the, the idea that they can help people with marketing and that kind of stuff. They want to grow that kind of niche business. What advice would you give to that person? In, you know, what four or five different moves should they make initially to make sure they have the best launching pad moving forward? I think the first thing is don't, don't move too fast. Cool. Um, get a good plan. You, you really have to spend the time to make sure that your plan is, I don't want to say foolproof or fail safe, mm. but know there's a need for what you're looking to do in the market. Um, I think the second is surround yourself with smart people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, I'm not a lawyer. Um, you know, I don't have experience in finance. I don't have experience in all these areas where there's people that you need in those roles to help mm. guide you. Um, I think surround yourself with the right people at the right time. Um, grow when needed. Don't grow too fast. Um, ensure that you have a growth strategy in place or a business plan in place that's going to show you the steps that you need to do. Um, I think those are the key starting points. Yeah. Um, and I think the other big thing is, is look at the market, understand what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't want to go into a crowded space. You don't want to get into a scenario where you're all fighting for the same food. 
Um, you know, it, my thing was always find something disruptive or find something where there's a niche mm-hmm. um, where you can really go in and make an impact. And I think the biggest thing is make sure you love what you do. If yeah, you don't, absolutely. if you don't have a passion for it, then why would you do it? You're going to burn out quickly. Can I can I do a follow up challenge with you? Okay, so let's yeah. say you've you've done the plan, you've got, you've you've got the strategy, you've got connected to the right people. Here's my challenge to you. Uh, I give you uh, five days to land three clients. How would you how would you go out and get your first three clients uh, in a in a rapid fire way? Be honest. Cool. Um, nice. Let let them know that you're doing this, you're starting, and they're going to be your first clients, and you called them for a reason. Um, let them know the difference between you and your competitors. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know you care. You're not a you know, massive agency with a massive overhead, and they're just another client. Let them give you a shot, and you know maybe you do it at a discount, maybe you do it for free, um, but prove yourself and nice. make sure you align yourself with someone who's willing to jump in the pool with you. Um, there's lots of companies out there who are looking for that. Um, you know, they, they're scared to go to a massive global agency and looking for a little boutique shop that's, you know, looking to do something on a whim and do maybe one campaign at a time and, and prove your worth and then grow that relationship. I love it. I absolutely love it. Lance, thanks so much. I know you are a, a keynote speaker around the world, again, on business and on growth. How can people best keep in touch with you and, and what you're talking about? I noticed that you've got the, uh, is it um, your Twitter handle, uh, Montgomery Lance? Yeah. No, yes. Montgomery yep. Lance on Twitter. What's the best way that yep. people can follow along with what you're doing? Um, they can either hit me up on Instagram, um, Lance underscore Montgomery, or on Twitter, or uh, they can email me at lance at heybrian.com. Um, any, any social media channel, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So hit me up and, and reach out that way. Fantastic. Lance, thank you so much for the, for the short fire rapid express version. I absolutely no love it. There's some real gems in there. Uh, I wish you all the best. I look forward to seeing the Hey Brian group and exploding around the world. And um, again, thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks very much. Cheers, man. Hey everyone, it's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there so you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.